Hello and welcome to Outflow. I'm Alan King, and wherever you're joining us from, we're so glad that you're making us a part of your day. Outflow is the podcast where we take questions and topics from you, our listeners, and we present to the best of our ability what the Bible says about that particular topic. Today on Outflow, we're going to answer the question, how do you break soul ties and keep them broken? So if you're ready, grab your Bible, something to take notes with, and let's get started. This is Outflow. How do you break soul ties and keep them broken? You know, I see and deal with people all the time who are locked into relationships that they know they shouldn't be in, but they don't know how to get out. It's a big reason why a lot of people are not letting go of their past. Some people can never fully move on or they find themselves stuck because they've not severed relationships with particular people that God wants them to sever. Maybe you still dream about or long for somebody that you were never able to release from your spirit, even though in some cases it's been years. Maybe you're currently in an unhealthy relationship that you know you should get out of or or you try to leave the situation but always end up returning to it. Maybe you have been in an intimate relation with somebody uh, and, and although you know it's wrong and, and you want to please God, you simply cannot resist the, the desire to stay involved with them. Perhaps you're tormented with thoughts about, about somebody in your mind. It's a good indication you have soul ties. Your soul is made up of your mind, your will, your emotions. It's your inner life. A soul tie is an emotional connection or a bond with another that unites you. Soul ties are not necessarily bad. Let me just say that. After all, God created them. They can be good if it's something that God wants for your life. As a matter of fact, in in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19, Jesus said, If any two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. When two people come together in a good soul tie, the power of God intensifies. In a godly marriage, God links two people together, and the Bible tells us that they become one flesh. As a result of them becoming one flesh, it binds them together, and they will cleave on to one another in in a very unique way. The purpose of this cleaving is to build a very healthy, strong, helpful, close relationship between a man and a woman. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 5 says, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and they shall cleave to his wife, and the twain shall be one flesh. Soul ties can also be found in strong or close friendships that are healthy. They're not just limited to marriage, as we can see with, for instance, King David and Jonathan. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 18 and verse 1. It says, And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, 
and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. However, soul ties can also be used for the devil's advantage. When relationships become toxic, it's a bad thing. It can have incredibly detrimental effects. Let's begin by looking at how soul ties, first of all, how soul ties are formed. Number one, they're formed through close relationships. When you spend a lot of time with somebody, you are forming a bond. Through whatever you do together, whether it's eating or traveling or working or talking, the connection strengthens. You have soul ties with your coworkers, your family members, your children, your classmates. And in this type of kinship, uh, again, God's power can increase because some of those are good things. Well, the same is true for a wrong soul tie. In that instance, it opens an opportunity for Satan to work on your behalf, and his evil power is intensified. The next way that soul ties are formed is by vows, commitments, promises. Soul ties can be formed by the words of your mouth. Oh, hear me. Words have such power over your life. Think of what it really means when you make statements like, I will never stop loving you. You will always be the only one I love. I will never get you out of my heart. You're the only one I will ever give my love to. Nobody will ever take your place in my life. Can you just imagine how much power those words yield? Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 2 says, You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. A snare means a trap, a hook. Or a plan. Your your very own words could be keeping you trapped to a bad soul tie, which explains explains why you feel like something is pulling on you, preventing you from fully going forward. Then, of course, there are the soul ties that are formed through sexual relationships. One of the most common ways that soul ties are developed is through the sexual realm. I have literally spent years trying to teach young people this principle. Sex is not just something two people involve themselves in together for pleasure. And I truly believe that so much of the psychological distress and the guilt and the confusion that so many people who have been sexually active are dealing with is connected to this very thing. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning at verse 15, he said, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the, the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So Paul says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does outside the body, outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. When you have sex with someone, God makes you into one flesh. That, that's the, it's, it's a rule. It's a law that it, that's at work for good or for bad, 
for good in a marriage covenant situation, outside the marriage covenant, it is devastating because God makes you one flesh. You are joined together. Essentially, you are now tied to that person, and that has definite repercussions. That's what a lot of the purity talks that we give youth are based on. If you have sex, you join with someone. You form a bond. And when you break up with that person, you break that bond, even though it's still there in your soul. And then when you have sex with someone else, the bond won't be as strong because part of you is still tied to that someone else. That part of you will always be tied to that other person. Remember what we said earlier that Jesus said in quote in, in Matthew chapter 19, he was quoting uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, when God said, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Now, now you may be saying, oh, you Christians are always condemning folks. You're always judging. If I'm not a Christian, it shouldn't matter what I do. Why is it, you know, why is it any of your business who I sleep with or what I do in the privacy of my own bedroom? I'm just trying to spare you years of pain and regret and brokenness. Hear my heart today. Sex is not just a physical action. Sex is a tri-dimensional experience, spirit, soul, and body. Anytime you have sex with a person, you bond with them. This is even recognized in the medical world. Dr. Daniel Amen writes in his book, Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. Dr. Amen says, whenever a person is sexually involved with another person, neurochemical changes occur in both their brains that encourage limbic emotional bonding. Limbic bonding is the reason casual sex doesn't really work for the most people on a whole mind and body level. Two people may decide to have sex just for the fun of it, yet something is occurring on another level that they might not have decided on at all. Sex is enhancing an emotional bond between them whether they want it or not. Dr. Rahman then goes on to say something very profound. He said, one person, often the woman, is bound to form an attachment and will be hurt when a casual affair ends. One reason it is usually the woman who is hurt most is that the female limbic system is larger than the males. Think about that. People are misinformed and they're convinced that sex is strictly a single dimensional physical act with no emotional, no spiritual connection. Yet after it's over and they find themselves mysteriously longing for that person, they may not even like them. They may or may not even like them, but they still feel a longing for them. What happens so often is that a person gives him or herself to somebody expecting that, that th this intensely intimate act is going to create a bond that's going to lead to deeper levels commit of commitment in their relationship. And then suddenly they discover that the other person was just taking advantage of the need for intimacy, and they use that vulnerability to get what they wanted. And now they're cast aside like yesterday's leftovers. Of course, that leads to a person being emotionally and spiritually bonded to somebody that now they very deeply resent. 
or, or, or what we see happening most often today is that two people commit to marriage and therefore surmise that the covenant vows are only a formality. So they live together and they enjoy sexual relationship outside of a lifelong commitment and without the covenant of marriage. But later on, they decide for whatever reason to break up. They usually don't realize how deeply they've wounded each other as their souls are literally ripped apart, tearing the very fabric of their being in that separation. Why? Because your actions have made you one flesh. And it hurts when you tear off a piece of your body. Think about that. To tear off a piece of your body. This is not something God wants you to experience. He wants you free from every sin of the past, even the ones that you willfully gave into over and over, but you still think about. This is not just about sexual activity outside the marriage covenant. It's about so much more, and soul ties can be devastating in so many aspects of our lives. This is serious business. Soul ties can freeze us from moving forward. We we can have them with our past, with our ministry, our friends, family, culture, pets, places, uh, even items and things. You, you can't say no to man, to your emotions, because your soul is tied up to something else besides Jesus. We are made of three parts, spirit, soul, and body. Then the soul has three parts, mind, will, and emotions that flow from the heart. God is in the business of winning our whole soul back to him completely. And if we're not willing to cut off some soul ties, we are not willing to follow Jesus. Soul ties pull us back to our will, to our flesh, to this earthly ground. They hold us back from our destiny, our freedom and truth. Our soul must love God first, all of our mind, all of our heart, all that is within us. This is the first commandment. Most of the trouble is not even the devil for some people, but that their soul is tied to something or somebody else. And Satan will always give us what our soul wants and in excess. Did you get that? The devil will always give you what your soul wants and he'll give it to you in excess. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 5 talks about inordinate affection, meaning unregulated, exceeding reasonable limits, unregulated excess behavior. Colossians 3, beginning at verse 5, says, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. You cannot fulfill your destiny if you have an illegitimate soul tie. It will distract you. It will pull you away from the life of God because anything down here is carnal and earthly. Soul ties with employment, with culture, with anything that restricts you from being free to do what you are called of God to be. I really really feel that this propensity towards soul ties 
is so much more of an issue in the day we're living than at any other time in history. And 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 I really believe that our culture, our society has helped to feed it. Nobody's allowed to be upset anymore. Everything offends somebody. Um, I saw not too long ago the story of a woman who is uh, trying to get disability because she's addicted to video games. That's a soul tie. We have people who have inordinate affection with animals. They can't do anything without them. It's, listen, it is not normal. I, I'm sorry. It is not normal to love animals more than people. It is not normal to love your job more than God. It's not normal to continue to want to be around somebody who is abusive to you or somebody who causes you to sin. Soul ties will keep you from being successful. Even ministry birthed by Jesus can become a soul tie. Because it may have taken the place of Jesus in your heart, your mind, and your emotions. I I know I've lived that. I've lived that to where ministry became more important to me than Christ. Serving Christ, uh, doing, doing the work of the Lord became more important than the Lord of the work. You can't serve God and be a slave to somebody or to something else. Soul ties control your mind and your will. They dictate your happiness. For example, if you're on good terms with your soul tie, then you're good. But the minute you try to say no to your soul tie, you're not good. If all your soul ties are happy, you're happy. If one is miserable or hurt, you're miserable. They dictate to you and to your emotions. We all need to mortify the things of the flesh, the ties of the soul. We need to get away from, listen, I know it's hard to accept. I I, I understand the struggle. But we need to get away from certain people and places, things that will control our will and our lives. You need to break that tie that causes you to move when they want you to. People are so soulish that they'll do anything their soul wants to. This this is a daily thing. So you have to mortify the soul, the flesh, the the, the emotions, the will. You have to mortify that daily. You know, we, we may have a major soul tie or just a little one that distracts us. But in any case, soul ties will control you. You will end up serving soul ties first instead of the living God. Your life will revolve around them. You, you, you can enjoy whatever God gives to you, but don't be obsessed with it. Even the good things you can become obsessed with, even good relationships, you can become obsessed with them. You have to be careful that it doesn't become a soul tie. There's really no way that we can properly deal with every necessary aspect of this topic today. Time is just not going to permit me to uh, to 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 go into everything. I, I promise you that we're going to pick up where we left off today next week. So uh, please make plans to join us next week for part two. But before we finish today, I, w- I want to take a look uh, at how do I know if I have an unhealthy soul tie? Because you can't break something if you don't know you have it. But how do I know if I have an unhealthy soul tie? I, I believe there are seven signs 
that you have an unhealthy soul tie. And we'll deal with those today with the time that we have left. Number one, you know that you have an unhealthy soul tie. If you are in a physically and or emotionally and or uh, spiritually abusive relationship, but you feel so attached to them that you refuse to cut off the connection and set boundaries with them. I, I've i been a pastor for a long time. Um, you might be amazed to know how many years. Uh, I have never, I've done a lot, of, a lot of counseling, a lot of working with folks. I would never counsel anyone to stay in a relationship that is abusive. If you are in an abusive relationship, and I know sometimes it's so hard to get out of that, but you need to you need to break that. You need to cut that connection, or at least set so many boundaries and stick with them. Uh, but if you continue to go back to that abusive relationship, that that's a good sign you have a soul tie, uh, an unhealthy soul tie. The second way that you can tell whether or not you have a soul tie, um, you you have left a relationship maybe a long time ago, but you think about that other person obsessively. You you just can't get them out of your mind. Number three, uh, whenever you do anything, you make a decision, you have a con a, con, a, a conversation with somebody, um, you feel like that other person is with you or they're watching you. The next way uh, that you can know that you have a soul tie is when you have sex with somebody else, hopefully your husband or wife, you can hardly keep yourself from visualizing the person that you have that soul tie with. Um, Fifthly, you, you take on the negative traits of the person that your soul is tied to and you carry their offenses whether or not you actually agree with them. doesn't really matter. They get offended, you get offended. That is so unhealthy. Even when they're in the wrong, you, you don't take the time to think that through. And because they're offended, you're offended. Um, another way to know if you have a soul tie is you defend your right to stay in a relationship with the person that your soul is tied to, even though it's negatively affecting or even destroying the other important relationships in your wife, uh, in your life, such as with your husband, your wife, your kids, uh, leaders, or uh, or anybody else. You know, I, I've seen people get into relationships and they have soul ties uh, that that just excluded them from 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 anybody else. It just kept everybody else out because there was not room uh, f- for them in their lives because they had that soul tie. Nobody else could get in. Nobody else could get close to them. And then the final way that you can know that you have a soul tie or gives a good indication you have a soul tie is that, and and this one may seem weird, but I've seen this happen so many times in in people's lives. You have a simultaneous, uh, you have simultaneous experiences or moods uh, as the person your soul is tied to. This this can even include sickness, addictions, things of that nature. That when when they have those things, you find out. You know, I'm feeling that way too. I, I'm I'm sick too. Um, I I'm I'm uh, I'm depressed too, uh, or or I'm happy too. You know, whatever they're going through, you're going through. Think about your life. Think about this. What is it that's keeping you bound? What are you tied to in your soul that you can't get free from? 
Who are you still emotionally connected to because of wrong soul ties? You want to break free? You desire to be free? You wish you could, but you feel chained? These chains have got to be broken. And, 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 and the only way that you can do that is, first of all, realize you have a problem. You hear that a lot of times for drug addiction and alcohol addiction and so many other ways. Soul ties are just as dangerous. They're just as addictive. And the first way out is to realize you have a problem. And when you realize you have a problem, that's the first step in being able to break it. We're going to talk more about it next week, and that's that's all the time we have for this week. Again, please join us next week as, as we uh, uh, conclude the discussion about soul ties, um, and uh, I, I hope you'll join us for that. It means so much to us that you have taken the time to be with us today. Whether you're watching the video or listening to the audio, I really hope that we've helped you today. Now, would you be so kind as to do us a huge favor? Okay, it's actually three favors, but it won't take but a second, and it won't cost you a dime. Whatever podcast platform you're using to listen or watch Outflow, uh, by the way, audio listeners, there is a video uh, edition uh, on some of the uh, podcast platforms, and and, uh, you video watchers, uh, there's also audio. We're on uh, so many across the board, so many of the uh, podcast platforms, some video, some audio. But whether you're watching or whether you're listening, would you please subscribe to our channel? Um, if you like what you hear, could you leave us a favorable review? Um, and then finally, please spread the word. Tell your friends and family about Outflow. We'd be so happy for you to do that and so honored. If you have a particular question or topic that you would like for us to discuss from a biblical perspective, feel free to email those to us. Nothing's off limits. Um, Just email them to us. The email address is very simple to remember. You ready for it? Here it is. Just, Just send questions, topics, or comments to outflow at outflow.online. That's outflow at outflow.online. Isn't that simple? We'd love to hear from you. I'm Alan King coming to you from the studios of River of Life Church in Valdez, North Carolina, where I also have the privilege to serve those great folks as their lead pastor. Thank you again for making us a part of your day. Now, get out there and be blessed. And while you're at it, be a blessing. <laughs>